to the Downward Facing Spiritual Spiral Podcast. My name is Eddie Cohn, the host, the creator of the Spiritual Spiral. Thrilled that you're listening. Obviously, you have like five million podcasts that you could choose to listen to, and you've chosen mine, so I really appreciate you being a part of the show. Just a very quick housekeeping here. If you enjoy the show, if you find it stimulating, interesting, thought-provoking, please write a review, share it with your friends. You could head over to iTunes, give it a quick review. Follow me on Instagram, Twitter, reach out to me and say hello. Ideally, tell me that you're enjoying the podcast. It's weird. You know I have this love-hate relationship with technology, and we're going to talk about th- we're, I'm, I'm going to talk about that today. But I did begin the IGTV series of my podcast where I have a guest and we talk live on Instagram. And I did it about a week ago with Superfood Brownie. Um, and then I did it just a couple days ago with Jen Wiederstrom. You probably know her from The Biggest Loser. She's a trainer. And I have to say, it's it's I'm partly doing it because I want to I want to bring more awareness to my podcast and what I'm doing. But I have to say, it was this very interesting dynamic where you're having a conversation with somebody and then all these people are watching you and jumping on board and commenting and agreeing with you or disagreeing with you. It's a very haphazard way, in a sense, of how to have a conversation. And I realize that's sort of what's what's going on right now. When you have your phone on the table and you're having a conversation with somebody at dinner, you know, you are constantly interrupted. And and as much as I'm trying to pay attention to the person while I'm on IGTV, it, it is sort of this chaotic way of communicating where anything could happen. And, you know, somebody could just suddenly call you a name or disagree with you or call you out or make a comment about what you're wearing. Who knows what? I mean, that's that's the problem. When you share your life publicly on a social media platform, first of all, privacy just goes away. But then you really do subject yourself to anybody really saying anything they want. And then you have to deal with those consequences. And I can see why we live in a world now where people just shut up and say nothing because it's really almost not worth it. And and I, I am really conflicted here because... I do feel it's important to share your opinion, be able to listen. If you're a creator and you you created a recipe or a new song, I think it's valuable to use these platforms to let people know about what you're creating. But I got to say, it, it really does make you susceptible to like this volcano where anything could happen. And God only knows what mood people are in when they hear your message or hear your song and there are those people out there that will, you know, shower you with compliments or be supportive, but there are certainly those out there that are just chomping at the bit to tear you down. And it's it's really it's just an it's just a chaotic world right now. And and I I really think I want to talk about a couple things, then I'll let you go. Not a long episode. I, I do have a great conversation with Elijah Thompson that I just recorded a few days ago. He's a bass player, musician, mixer for the band Everest, and he's also he was also on the road with Father John Misty. So we have a great talk about music and Spotify. But I did want to talk about 
the NBA, but I also wanted to talk about unintended consequences. And I've really been thinking about that. And I think that's really sort of probably at the root of what's happening with our culture. And it's sort of a constant conundrum that we face. And and I, I'll just give for, hold on, my, my cats are suddenly running around. I go bike riding every Saturday and it's, it really does capture what's wrong and what's right with our, with our society and just how complicated it is right now. You know, I ride my bike on this bike path down to Manhattan beach and it's supposed to be a bike only path. I mean, it's a beautiful ride being able to see the ocean the whole time and it's great workout, it's meditational, but so often I'm I'm struck by how people aren't really thinking about anyone but themselves. And there's people that are riding scooters. There's this this group of three women that are pushing their uh, strollers, really hogging up a lane, walking really slowly, getting the way of people, almost causing accidents. There's a father teaching his son how to ride a bike on the path. There's these motorized, battery-operated battery operated bicycles that are just like zipping along. It feels like the world has has become this place where it's very rare that you meet somebody who's thinking about others. And this person that's riding the scooter on the on the bike path, they're not thinking that that might not be a good idea. Or those three women that are walking side by side, walking their strollers really slowly while bicycles are zipping along, they're not thinking that that might actually be dangerous. And, and again, I don't think that we should be living in this fully cautious, think about the consequences all the time. But I do think when you're out in public, you, know, you need to think about other, other people. And I, I don't think that is the norm now. I think people are so caught up in themselves. And sadly, I think what's going on right now with the virus, with social media. I mean, when you think of the virus, it, it does sort of have the survival of the fittest element. And you're sort of forced to think about yourself. And I hear this all the time with social media. You know, people say it's a balance. But the reality is, is that I do think social media perpetuates this immense narcissistic quality where you really are only thinking about yourself. And even people say, you know, go on there, post what you want to post and get off. Well, again, you're, and I'm guilty of this also. I, I, I find myself using it to promote my music and my podcasts and get out of there as quickly as I can. But if everybody behaves that way, don't you think that's going to affect the culture we live in? Don't you see more selfishness than ever before? Don't you feel like people are thinking only about themselves? It's sort of the unintended consequence of social media, the world we live in now, this capitalistic world. I mean, even think about, you know, 
schools aren't going to be happening this year, or most people are going to be homeschooled or, or taking classes through Zoom. What do you think the unintended consequence of children not going to school is going to be? I mean, I, I equate what's happening with social media and the virus as, as big as and, and as impactful as an, a massive earthquake, like a huge atom bomb exploding and then picking up the pieces. I mean, that is the power of this virus and what the media and the virus has done to our culture. That is the power of Facebook and Instagram. It's like an explosion, and we're just sort of picking up the pieces here. I don't know. I mean, does the government really think it's a good idea to have people homeschooled? I, I, I don't know. I, I feel like pharmaceutical companies are pressuring decision makers, government officials, to say that kids need to stay home, and you need to be scared. And you need to get this vaccine. And I just think we have sort of been left in this place where nobody's really thinking outside of themselves. And I don't know, like six months out, you know, the government gives us those $600 a week stimulus checks, but those have run out. And here they are fumbling around. Not, they, they haven't figured out a new stimulus package. And of course, you know, they're still getting paid. So to think that they've known for two, three months that that extra $600 is going to end. And they haven't come up with a new solution. So what is the unintended consequence of that? People aren't thinking big picture. People aren't thinking big picture of closing the country down, telling people to wear masks. What is the future outlook of all of this? I think it's far beyond anybody's grasp to fully understand. And I'm seeing it play out in front of me. I don't see how we recover from this. I can't. Now, what's going to really upset me is if come December, January, right after the election, if suddenly the virus is just gone, you know, it's, it's no longer a story anymore. Because then if that is the case, then 100%, without a doubt, this was all political. This was all because of the hatred of Trump. And this was China's hatred of Trump. And to paralyze our society. I think we need a world right now where people are thinking about others besides themselves. And it just feels like everything that's, that's going on that's popular right now, whether it's social media, whether it's the media's agenda, everybody's really just pushing themselves right now. And I see it even on the bike path every Saturday. I, I see people that are really just thinking about themselves. I think that's one of the major problems of our culture these days. And it, it feels like social media and now this virus is just like bringing it out even more. Before my last segment, I, I did have to just share a quick thought. Isn't it interesting that Donald Trump 
signs or is trying to pass an executive order where TikTok is banned. And that order was passed or written just two days after Instagram reveals their new reels, quote unquote reels. It's basically them copying TikTok. I mean, don't you find that to be a little strange? You know, it is interesting where lives are being ruined right now. People are unsure of where they're going to eat their next meal. People have lost their jobs. People are terrified and scared. People are scared of this virus. And I have to just say, sort of back to my last episode, I understand, by the way, although I'm not really buying what's being shared through the media about what's really going on, I certainly understand why people are wearing masks. I certainly understand why people are scared. Because, you know, I just, I was listening to like 10 minutes of Ice T on the Mark Marin show, and, and Ice T was talking about, oh, this family member has it, and this family member got COVID, and, you know, person was put on a respirator and he almost died. And if you, after 10 minutes, I had to turn it off because it, it was creating more anxiety and it was making me think, oh gosh, is this thing real? Is it as bad as they're saying? Because I still don't know. I certainly have my doubts about what's going on, and I find the whole story to be very bizarre. But if you're doing nothing but reading the New York Times and watching the media and listening to people like Ice-T talking about this person dying or that person dying, well, hell yeah, you're going to wear a mask and be freaked out. So I understand, and I'm not judging people that are nervous because... It's a real emotion. Fear is powerful, more powerful than anything. The problem is, is that, and where I get a little suspicious is that if anybody, there's nobody out there offering perspective and anytime anybody does, they're shut down and they're basically told to shut up. So while all of this is happening, I just, I find it really interesting that Facebook is benefiting more people are using Facebook. Facebook is censoring people. Anybody that talks about hydroxychloroquine and its benefits is, is shut down. And then, of course, the week that Trump wants to get rid of TikTok, Facebook introduces their version of TikTok. I mean, it's just so all those people out there that are going to be upset that TikTok has gone away are going to rush to Facebook and use their version so even more people are going to be using Facebook and Instagram and be addicted to social media. It, it's such an interesting dynamic that's just playing out in front of us. Don't you find it a little bizarre and strange that the week that they're trying to ban TikTok, Facebook, Instagram reveal their version of it? I mean, it's, it's all just too coincidental, don't you think? I did want to talk about the NBA. I'm a huge sports fan, huge basketball fan. And, you know, people talk about balance and how social media is this sort of innocuous device and you just need to know how to control it. But you know what's happening? People are getting more 
comfortable on social media. People are getting more comfortable just texting as opposed to talking. And it doesn't happen right away. You know, the first time Facebook hits your life, well, maybe you actually embrace it right away and you love it and you use it constantly, but it sort of like sneaks up on you, these devices, these new add-ons that Instagram adds. You know, you start to experiment with it and then pretty soon you're using it more than, you know, having conversations, actually talking, actually listening. You end up spending more and more time in the artificial world than the analog world. And before you know it, it's rare that you go out and meet somebody for dinner. And as time goes by, as six months goes by, as a year goes by, before you know it, you're, you're not really talking. You're just texting all the time and sending DMs. And that's why I think our world is sort of becoming more robotic. Before, I haven't forgotten about the NBA. This will connect. Before you know it, the intrinsic human qualities of your brain, the senses, sort of get nullified. And you're primarily communicating through technological, dumbed-down versions of yourself. And it's this subtle transformation where you you don't notice that it's happening. I mean, that's what's so powerful about technology. It just sneaks up on you. And I think we also love the convenience. And so people are asking me, well, are you excited about the NBA being back? And I have to say, I'm really kind of disturbed by the whole thing. And, and I'll tell you why. I mean, first of all, I do applaud Adam Silver for figuring out a way to get the NBA back. I think people out there certainly want a distraction, but it's, it's lifeless to me. There, think about this. There are no fans, and the sounds that you hear are the artificial sounds of fans cheering. And when I watch a game... There, there is literally just no energy. Of course, I'm still impressed by the physical prowess and the endurance and the strength of the athletes, but you realize how important the fans actually are. Like without the fans cheering and screaming, it just feels dead. And, and this constant usage of the word bubble, they're in the bubble, they're out of the bubble, it's sort of like... It does remind me of, of sort of like this controlled, very draconian world where it's not a free-flowing game. It's, it does feel like almost a communist version of sports. It's all kind of fake where I don't it certainly doesn't look like America. There's no fans. People are six feet apart on the bench. And then the sounds you hear are all fake. It's lifeless. And then what's really sort of infuriating to me is the ads that you see on the court are all like healthcare companies. <laughs> like they know that people are thinking about their health and their bodies because of this freaking COVID-19. And they have the audacity to, I mean, they're probably paying millions, if not billions of dollars to get their ad, like UCLA Health and St. John's Health, on the floor, 
on, in the background because they know that that's what's on people's minds. And then again, of course, you know, players are, I don't know, they, they suddenly have become, it's, it's not about sports anymore. It's, it's very, I don't even know if I should talk about this because people might get upset, but it just, it feels like, I mean, look, I'm all for LeBron James being vocal on Twitter in the newspapers with his friends, wherever on HBO. I like his television show on HBO where he's speaking his mind about politics. This is not about censoring, but there's just something about seeing everything feels political and everything is a stance. And, you know, they're asked questions about, well, why do, you know, some players aren't kneeling. Some players are kneeling during the national anthem and the media is asking them why. And, and then they have their views on their jerseys. It just feels like everything is an opportunity to politicize something. And again, I'm, I'm not trying to censor, or I don't think LeBron James shouldn't be speaking about what he thinks. Because again, he's, he's a huge voice. He has a huge following. It just feels like everything there is an attempt to politicize or share your views. And sports, to me, always felt like a distraction in a good way from sort of our day-to-day lives. And now it's just sort of a part of everything that's going on. And it, it doesn't feel, it doesn't feel like sports. It feels like politics. It's really not a distraction. In fact, it's, it's sort of, it's almost reinforcing the issues of, of the problems with our society right now. Sports was always sort of this distraction where despite the bad day that you may have had or despite our differences, that's the beauty of sports. It sort of brings people together from all walks of life, from all ethnicities, and we share in this one common experience of victory, trying to find victory. And when I watch it now, I don't feel that at all. I feel like it's, it's, it's lifeless. Fans aren't allowed. It's all fake. Like the, the noises are all fake. And then I'm seeing advertisements for UCLA Health and like St. John's. And, and then I'm seeing players writing political statements on their jerseys. It, it just feels very bizarre to me. And I don't, I don't feel, I'm not enjoying, I don't enjoy it. It, it just, it, it lacks this spontaneity and this crescendo of, of waves of fans cheering and rooting their team on. It, it, it feels very strange to me. And this is my, back to my original point where I was talking about technology sort of sneaking up on you. And then before you know it, you're sort of used to not talking to people like you prefer to just send a DM. The scary part about this is I feel like people are going to be used, get, people are going to get used to this, this, this fake display of sports where fans aren't allowed and the sounds you hear are fake and that is going to become the new normal with sports. Are we ever going to be allowed to go to games again? Are people going to feel comfortable going? 
And then I, I again, I see these live stream concerts on Instagram and Facebook. Are people going to be more comfortable just watching those? Are people going to not feel comfortable going to the movies anymore and just stay home and watch Netflix? It's like all these measures that have been taken are creating more selfishness, more laziness, more fear, and more reluctance to go outside and experience the life that we used to have. And I just don't know what life is going to look like in about six months or a year. And I have friends that are going to like Zion and and going to national parks and going for road trips. And I applaud them because I feel like any ounce of normalcy or any ounce of feeling like a human being is paramount right now because everything around me that I see It makes, and even the usage of the word bubble for the NBA, just, God, it's it's like they're promoting and they're acknowledging some sort of reward for being in the bubble. And it's, it's crazy. It's actually quite disturbing. And I think it's also the huge problem with our culture. People are in their own little bubble with no sense of community, no sense of what other people are feeling or thinking or in, people are incapable of listening. It's, it's crazy what's, what's going on right now. I, I just, I, I'll leave you with this thought. I just, I think the powers to be out there, and I don't know if it's the billionaires that are controlling the media companies. I don't know if it's Jeff Bezos, Mark Zuckerberg, but they have really stirred the pot. They have, really transformed our world. And, and I don't, I, maybe I won't even say our world. It feels like America because it feels like a lot of European countries are really on their way to back to normal. And we're sort of getting comfortable with this new dystopian way of living where this, this is it. We're, we're going to get used to this. And that's what's frightening. We're going to get used to wearing masks we're used to six feet apart. And I even read an article in the New York Times. I said this a couple weeks ago. I don't think we're going to, people are, there's going to be less sex happening. And I read an article where sure enough, people are not wanting to bring children into this world. I mean, this is where we're headed. And we're getting, we're going to get used to this way of living. And that's frightening to think about. So I, I know it's, it's, a, it's slightly a little negative to think this way, but boy, I, I'm telling you, part of the reason why I, I'm creating this podcast and writing music and I'm adding these videos on IGTV, I, I'm trying to create some life because it, it does feel like the world is, is sort of strangely dead. And when I watched the NBA, it, it just felt dead. And, and strangely, that's people are going to get comfortable watching that. That's going to feel normal. So that's today's show. I have a podcast coming up in a few days. Some guests lined up, but it's we're still trying to lock down some days. So if you enjoy the show, please write a review. Please share it with your friends. That stuff is really valuable and important. Head over to my website, I am Eddie Cohn, where you can sign up for the newsletter. As always, thank you so much for listening and being a part of the Downward Facing Spiritual Spiral 
podcast. Thank you.